answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program today, both myself and my co-host here. We're both financial advisors. By the way, before you change the dial, because uh, we say we're financial advisors. Yes, uh, you know, this isn't. We're not selling life insurance or big fat annuities or any of that. Online trading program. None of that. We're no. just trying to actually um, take your calls, questions, and see if we can help. If you'd like to join the show, eight three three ninety nine worth. That's eight three three nine nine six seven eight four. Yeah, and you can uh, join us on our show. Yeah, and we're going to take quite a few calls today, and so we are looking forward yeah. to. Um, we 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 deal mostly around. We can answer any questions you have. Um, we'll try to answer any questions you have regarding money, and but what we will uh, most of our questions are regarding retirement, retirement planning, that sort of thing. And I tell you, it's been such a bizarre year for uh, the stock market. But bizarre year all around. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but uh, we saw I mean, the the market just looked like for a while it was just going up, up, up. I mean, the month of August was like crazy. Broad markets, what what seven percent or something for the month? That was crazy. It was, yeah, think back about this when the whole pandemic started, um, and how people were reacting to the markets, um, and how the recovery just took place so fast. It's actually, it's mind-boggling. Don't you find it a little bit yes. interesting how quickly the recovery took place? Not the economy, the recovery, no, not the, the stock market. I know, not the economy. Not the economy. There's still a lot of unknowns in the economy. A lot of unknowns. Because there's a lot of unknowns on the And COVID. there's there's many theories as to why the stock market recovered so quickly. And, and I have my own theories. One is the Fed stepped in um, and helped liquidity in the bond markets. The other is that uh, there was a lack of alternatives, uh, online trading, uh, people actually not being able to leave their houses and then unable to um, engage in anything other than uh, stock trading. Well, stock trading, and we'll take, we've, we're going to take quite a bit of calls today. So uh, 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of the program. If you want to call and uh, schedule time to uh, record with us, it would be great. 833-99-WORTH, because we find our calls fascinating. And I hope, hope you do as well. But if you look at the number of, uh, uh, of online trades that are going on and options in particular. It's got, for the uninitiated, what is an option? It gives someone the right to either buy or the right to sell a stock or any other item for that matter at a predetermined price. And to think of this back in the early days of farming, and let's say you were growing corn and you didn't know what the corn, if you had a huge crop and so did all your neighbors, that was bad because the too much corn, the price would go down. And not enough corn, the price would go up. But you're planting the corn and you're a farmer and you're trying to isolate yourself from that risk of the price. So you shift the risk using some sort of option perhaps, right? Like I'm going to uh, have the right to sell my corn at X dollars come harvest time. Regardless of what the market price is at that particular time. So that's the genesis of how options actually came into being and how they're used. And it has moved to other asset classes above that of commodities. And so right now, options, the use of options by individual investors is staggering. Uh, the options markets are up almost double from where they were a year ago, 92% higher than a year ago. And part of this is because of these online trading apps like um, Robinhood. Robin Hood. There's a couple of them yeah. out there. Um, 
I mean, that's driving a lot of it. Uh, novice investors don't understand that you can lose big too. And the cost of actually trading has come down significantly. So you, to do a transaction, which used to cost 50, 100, $200, you know, years ago, now pennies. By the way, this will not end well for most individual investors. If you are out there trading a bunch of options, thinking this is how you're going to get wealthy, it will not end well. It won't end well. That is it correct. just doesn't. Options are zero sum. It game. ends, it does end for most people. Um, and most things don't end well or they wouldn't end. That's, that's just, that's the nature All of right. it. We said we're going to take quite a few calls. So let's go hit the calls here. We're going to talk with Lisa. Lisa, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. First, I'd like to thank you so much for your ministry. I've been following you guys and following your advice for I don't know, probably 20 years now. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. Um, I never I, thought of myself much as a minister, but uh, stand a little well, taller now. It's a, it's a wonderful ministry, that is for sure. But um, my question is about my son. He has been working, he's 16, and he's a sophomore in high school. And he's been working for years um, to earn money, different things here and there. And he now has $8,000 in an orange ING account. And he will soon have around 30000 in a 529. Um, he plans to attend a local college, and it's about $10,000 a year and live at home. So we're looking at maybe $40,000 for his college mm -hmm. expenses. And so my question is, um, with the 30000 in a 529, would you I, – I feel like maybe I should stop putting money in there and put it in something different and – would, is that what you would recommend, and what would you recommend? How much are you putting in? Well, he has a he bought a dog, a miniature golden doodle, about four <laughs> years ago, and he has bred it occasionally. <laughs> so whenever he has a litter of puppies, he makes about fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen grand. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm in the wrong business. Has he done this yet? Yeah, he's had three litters, I think, two or three. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I'd so, quit saving um, for his college. Yeah, I'd quit saving. Seriously. I actually okay. would. I'd and ask what, what him. Would I'd ask it? him to move out now because he's that <laughs> responsible. <laughs> he's only 16. It's he okay. How many kids do you have, Lisa? I, <laughs> what's that? How many children do you have? Six. Do you really? Oh, my. And he's goodness. the oldest. Wow. But this is money, you know, that he's earned on his own. So it's not really money that my husband and I are no, I understand. helping him, obviously. And have you funded all six of the kids' 529 plans? He's my oldest, and so he's the first. My daughter is doing the same thing. Um, but so do, you have money, do you have money yeah. in all, of, all six children's 529 plans? Uh, the top five. Okay, yes. so let's, let's explain why you may want to actually continue to fund that 529 or the six children child that doesn't actually have money in the 529. You can move okay. money from one 20, 529 plan to the other 529 plan without penalty. Okay. I should say that wrong. I, you can't move it, but you could change the beneficiary, could, the beneficiary once, a once a year, which means you could put all of this money in your oldest son, uh, uh, account right Thurston Howe the third you can okay. put it all in his account and then when he gets through with his four years of college five years of college depending upon how long it takes him and he doesn't use any you can actually change the beneficiary to the youngest child okay or any child or any it, child so you, a child this. can have more than one 529 plan okay and I guess what I'm thinking with that is because this is money that he has you know, earned himself, I would just read him. Cause what, I, what, what money are we talking about? You're talking, what are you, is the question what to do with his $15,000 he earned? Cause I thought the question was about you so, contributing to his college savings. No, no, no. I, we, my husband and I don't put any money in from us. It's money that he's earned. Oh, the 529 so is he, all his. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, but he's 16. So that what you're doing the 529 is for tax benefit of tax deferred growth, and he's not going to put if, any money at risk. I wonder if maybe we should do like a Roth, Roth for him. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, if a I Roth. Should, yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. For the money that he is earning. Well, is we should do the maximum of the Roth. But he's not paying taxes on it. This different. is a. That's why a Roth. Oh, is he? Is this money claimed on income taxes? 
Or are you not claiming it? Uh, I think. Are you doing? Are you being legit? No, we are not claiming it. Okay, Dad, the Roth doesn't work. Does he? Does he filing his own tax return? Does anyone? Does the government no. know that your son is raising labradoodles um, and selling them in the black market? Golden doodles. Go. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the Gold. black market. Well, if you're not Gold. claiming it, I mean, I hate to say it, <laughs> it's the black market. But if you call those ministers early on, I mean, you might want to. <laughs> so here's the answer to the question: Is he should not well, put I, any I, more I, money wait, into the. 529, he's not eligible to put money into a Roth. Unless the income is claimed. He is, he could put money in the 529, but the only reason you're putting money in the 529 is for tax deferral benefit. He's got two years to go before he starts using the money. I would just put it into that. You said he had an orange ING account. I would just put any of the earnings in there. Yes, correct. Just have him add to that. So any any of the money he makes off selling these Golden Doodles, Labradoodles, um, have right. him take that money and put him in the orange ING account. And the 529 is fully, it's fine. It's fine. You, you, well, well, my, I guess, I, let me just clarify. My husband does the taxes. I'm not sure how he, how he does that. We report everything that we make. I don't want to make it sound like we're. I understand. <laughs> I, my guess is that your son is not probably keeping track of his expenses. Mm, we have. We have dogs of our own, so we do have, okay. you know, we all have, if, have like, if, four so, that my, my husband and I own. So we do have a business that, okay. we, that it, we report everything that's coming and going, all the expenses. If your yes. son is recognizing this as ordinary income. And it, files a tax return. Then... Fund the five. Fund Roth. the Roth IRA. If he is not, oh, that's what you would do. Okay. Yes. If he is not, then put the money in the ing account, the orange ing okay. account. Alrighty. Okay. Okay. All right. And well, thank you very have much. him have it. all the other five kids follow along just like this in this entrepreneurial spirit of your son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's easy because we have this as a little side business that we do. So. Oh, good. Um, it's good. Good for it them. It just and sort of falls right in line pretty sounds- easily. All right. Well, appreciate the call. Yeah. Thank thank you, Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And we're heading next, talking with Boz. Boz, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Uh, Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Um, My question is really about my parents, and I'm trying to understand a bit more around Social Security because the website is explicitly clear on every single option. Um, So my parents have about an eight-year age gap. Um, my father is 70. My mother will be turning 62 next, early next year. He took Social Security early at 62. Um, and you know, given her age, her full retirement would be at 66 in several months. Considering he started his Social Security benefit early, if she decides to take the spousal benefit, is it 50% of his benefit at the time she filed or what would have been his benefit, his primary insurance? No, it's, it's dinged because he took it early. Okay. So it's 50% of, if she files next year, it's whatever his amount would be for next year. Well, she'll receive the higher of either her own benefit or the spousal benefit. It right. used to be you can okay. play some other little games, but you can't anymore. So it's automatically going to be either whatever's greater, either her benefit or 50% of his his benefit. And which right. one is that? Is her benefit going to be higher than 50% of his benefit? Well, so his currently his gross benefit is $1,600. And then there's the Medicare deduction and such. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, at full retirement age, her benefit would be a thousand a month. Uh-huh. But if she takes that at sixty-two, her benefit would be about six fifty. And does is she still working or retired? She's still working. Um, so I know there's a reduction for oh, it's, any a, it's a huge over reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point in if she's still working, you shouldn't even consider it uh, until she gets full retirement age. If she's still working and making, I don't know what the limit is. It, is, it sounds like she is she going to. It sounds like they don't have a lot of money saved, my guess. Uh, they have about 450000 saved in retirement accounts. And is their home paid for? Um, no, they have a small mortgage left about 85000 And do they have money in the bank? Um, yes, yeah, they have about 
35,000, 40,000. Okay. So, so the, we're actually, they're refinancing their mortgage right now. So they paid off a bunch and then refinanced to 20 years. Okay. So, so, uh, but you shouldn't even consider social security if she's making they did it over. 20 year or 30 year. Uh, the new mortgage is 20 years at 3%. If it were my mom, I'd be arguing for 30 year just to tell you, because yeah, if you're in the Lower process, payment. ask for a 30 year just to get the payments as low as possible. It's never going to get paid off. It's a small mortgage. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, but but it's still, still, she's not going to, they're not going to, your mom's going to have the mortgage paid off when she's 82. So you could fly first class. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but you shouldn't even consider social security if she's still working. Yeah, you can't get it. It doesn't make any sense at all. It makes no sense at all. Until she reaches her full retirement age. Which is for 66 in a couple months. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. So even even though her her total, I mean, she doesn't make that much, she makes about what does she make? Twenty-five thousand a year. Uh, right. That's over so the limit. Twenty-five a year. Yeah, yeah. That's over the limit. Yeah. So it's it's uh, she would lose out about thirty-five hundred a year. Not only that, I mean, I, but, but this 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 is going this is not going to be an in, insignificant amount of her pay. Every t- I mean, yeah, yeah. She's I she's going to need the the social security as time goes on. Yeah. So don't. So the longer she can wait, the better. Don't do anything until she retires. Alrighty. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Appreciate right. the call. Thanks. And we didn't get into uh, survivor's benefit. Pro- probably be greater than her benefit sometime down the road. But At some point in time. Yeah. Anyway, glad you called. Let's continue with our calls, talking with Bob. Bob, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Uh, hello, Pat and Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Bob. I recently started listening to your podcast, and it's very interesting and knowledgeable. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, the, my question is, I have about $200,000 in I-bonds, which I bought in 2002, and they're paying about 5% interest at the moment. You look Um, brilliant. um, Thank you. I'd like to know, uh, should I cash them out over the next few years, or can I leave them to my beneficiaries? And what other assets do you have outside of Do you have any equity exposure, stock exposure anywhere? Uh, yeah, I have a $2.7 million in in uh, investments. I would not do anything with these I-bonds. They're going to pay interest for 30 years. And I would leave them to my heirs. Okay. Or, I mean, if you needed to spend them at that point. But these, when you've got a 5% yeah. interest with a guaranteed inflation adjustment on it, you can't buy these today. You can't. Matter of yeah, fact, right. matter of fact, if you wanted out of them, there would be somebody who would be willing to enter into a financial transaction with you. To um, to, to, to you can't transfer. An, uh, a, a, there's these are savings bonds. You can't transfer savings bonds with one person to another. But uh, the, I mean, for example, Bob, if you were a friend of mine and you wanted to get out of these, I might say, I'll tell you what, Bob, I'll make you a deal. I'll pay you two twenty mm-hmm. or two whatever you know, the number is. Some premium. Yeah, because if these were publicly traded bonds, it would be worth a whole lot more than two hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, you're uh, brilliant. So uh, if, I, if I leave this to my beneficiaries, they can just hold them? If I want to pass away, say, tomorrow, if I leave them to my beneficiaries, can they hold them or do they cash them out? You can just list your kids as, um, as beneficiaries and it'll transfer directly to them at, their, at your death. So it makes it nice and clean and simple. So do not... Do not cash these bonds. In Don't right now. cash them out and it plan on your uh, family inheriting. Them. That's right. So appreciate the call. And let's now talk with Jack. Jack, thanks for being part of All Worth Money Matters. Hi. So um, I live here in the Bay Area. I plan to retire in two years at 62, 63. Um, I'm pretty well set in terms of I've been saving along with my uh, 403B and my pension, I should be in around 6.5 to 7K per month from the pension and 403. Okay. I have a few small accounts, not much money, but then I have a big account where I've been saving money because I had paid my mortgage off a few years ago. Good for you. I've been saving some money uh, from the entire lifetime, and I have about 350K that I've put basically 95% in equities because it's money I can risk for my play money. Okay. So I'm wondering if I should diversify into real estate because people are telling me, hey, well, not, not after the past couple of months, but 
before that, people were saying, hey, maybe you should get a property so, and invest there. It, how much do you have in your 403B? 403B? Mm-hmm. Uh, close to a mil. And what percentage were you taking out of that in order to make up the six to $7,000 a month in addition to your pension? There's calculators I did, and I did a projection. So I don't remember the exact breakdown like, between the pension and the – it's about it, even, I think. Was it less than 3%? I don't know the percentage. It's probably okay. 4 or 5%, okay. 4% probably. Okay. So the question is, should you own uh, uh, real estate investments? Have you ever owned real estate investments before? No, and I'm not that comfortable, but people then, are saying, yeah, you've got money, you've got cash, you should I, do that. I think that's yeah, a terrible idea. I have enough for retirement. I think it's a terrible I have idea. For retirement. It, okay. I, I, it, I think it's a terrible idea for you. You have no experience in it. You don't need You're it. You're going in retirement. It would require the use of leverage. Uh, most likely, which is you're going to either have to take a loan of, of it or sell your equities, uh, of which you have 95% of this $350,000 invested in. Um, you don't need it. It would add complexity to your life that would add no, hopefully, economic value, but not certainly. And the reality is you're only going to get rising pre- real estate prices if we have a growing economy in California. The stock market's – I mean – that they're going to have the same – and your stock prices are not going to go up unless we have a growing economy. Uh, anywhere, though, frankly, not just tied to California. So, um, But one of the reasons I, real estate may make sense for some investors, which they normally don't talk about, is they use leverage, which and, is they take a loan out. And their own time. Correct. And remember, leverage is a lever. It's a lever. And levers go both up and down. So people lose – all of their money because they lever too much or they the use too is, much leverage. The fact but he is, doesn't, you don't, the fact is you don't need it. So you've you're your taking objective. about 3% out of your 401k and you know the 350000 you're not touching. Home's you, paid your for. Home, your home is paid off. I wouldn't complicate life. Yeah, way. Oh, yeah. There's, by the way, there's never been a 15-year period where stocks have not outperformed bonds or real estate. So I wouldn't mess if with If you that. go out long enough... Short term, the thing about the stock market that's frustrating is it is you can see the prices every day, every minute. You wake up and you're looking at what's going to happen at and, you know, 9.30 and Jack, Eastern. And By the way, those people that are probably telling you to buy real estate probably don't have a million dollars in their 403. Yeah, I guarantee they don't. No, I wouldn't so, uh, guarantee my, it. Can I, am I allowed another question? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this would be post-retirement. So uh, looking at the buckets I have, I have my pension my company, which I'm pretty sure is going to be around. I have my 403. I will have Social Security. And I have this bucket of money that I call my play money, which when I retire, which should I draw out of first for tax purposes and also for, uh, I heard that if I with, with, with delay withdrawing from, certainly from Social Security, my payments will be larger later. Or if I even delay taking so here's pension, where not, not my pension. yeah, this is a great question. Are you, are you married? I'm sing I am single and probably not expecting to be married. Okay, and so you're retiring. I'm I'm gonna guessing some somewhere in the med. It's from a medical field or nonprofit hospital uh, education. Correct, correct, nonprofit. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of there's a lot of planning that so you've got a lot of options between the. Before you reach age 72, when you're going to have when they tell you how much you have to take from your 403B, you've got a lot of planning opportunities. And it might be that in the first couple of years, you spend down some of what you've called your play money and at the same time convert some of that uh, 403B to a Roth IRA to lock in some tax rates. And defer Social Security. It depends on what, how much your pension is versus how much of but a distribution with a 403B. The, the, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's much more complex than a radio show. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. But, but, it, but, there, but, but it, you are, it, your situation, it is ripe with opportunity, yeah, by the way. Yeah, you got planning opportunity. It is ripe with opportunity because you could look at this and you'd say, well, I don't really want to sell any of that $350,000 to pay taxes on the conversion from my 403 to a Roth IRA because you have it in equities, but we could replicate the equities inside the 403B or IRA um, and defer Social Security assuming you have a normal life expectancy. There are so many planning opportunities here, um, 
because you've got it in all these different buckets. Whether you planned it that way or didn't plan it that way, you've got it that way. And the it different is that way, and it was partly planned. Perfect, perfect. Uh, partly perfect. just following advice from everybody. Because uh, I do listen to you guys, and I also listen to other people, and I try to find out what makes sense. But, um, you might want to pay an advisor for a financial plan. Whether they manage the money for yeah. you or not, pay them what whatever the fee is for a financial plan, and then decide whether you want to hire them to manage the money. They're two separate, can be two separate yeah. different issues. So appreciate yeah. the call. Glad you called, Jack. We're going to take a quick break coming up here in just a moment. But I want to remind you, if you haven't been on our website in a while, I will... Easy for me to say. All worth financial. There's lots of great tools. We've got a learning library to help on a variety of different retirement and topics. A personalized learning platform, which actually gives you customized content based upon um, what you're interested in. So you answer yeah. a few questions, and then we lay out a library of what you should read. And you can you. sign up for our weekly newsletter that's delivered every Saturday. But we got to take a quick break. Uh, stick around for more All Worth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you want to be part of the program, we'd love to take your call, 833-99-WORTH. And there's one thing. <laughs> uh, many of us have been working from home, as have I, for most of the last six months. As I have as well. Uh, and you know, I noticed REI had built some really cool looking, I don't know if you read any of these articles, a really cool looking headquarters in Washington designed just like you would imagine what REI, the sports, um, outdoor sports re retailer would, would build. It was their headquarters. It's their office headquarters. And they decided not to move into it and they just sold it. And Facebook decided to buy it, which I thought was a little interesting, but yes. REI thought we're just going to stick with remote workers. Yes. And obviously a different business too. It wasn't just remote workers. It's that they probably realized that going forward, they did not only need the campus, they probably couldn't afford it. And quite frankly, I was a little disturbed that they built that nice of a campus to begin with. Because they're a co-op and because you are a member. And I'm a member. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did think, I thought the same thing. My dividend check's going to be a little smaller. Which is the same thing. Because I like REI. It, it was the same thing I felt, you know, I'm from Sacramento and we have the Sacramento Kings and the Golden One. Arena, which, by the way, is a credit union that can only operate in a certain region, but they, and I've been a member of the Golden One so for that 30 still bugs years. You. Yes, it absolutely bugs me. Why couldn't you just give a higher dividend to the existing rather than buy a national platform advertising, which is what a stadium. They're doing, they're serving the community, Pat. I, 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 it's a community service. Look, someone in Boston that sees the Golden One can't sign up for the I Golden One. I think they can. What aren't there, aren't there much looser now? Restrictions uh, on Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I apologize <laughs> to everyone at the Golden One. <laughs> It just didn't seem like a very good use of money to me. And I am a member. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Fortunately, Pat knows what he's talking about. We're talking about financial planning issues. <laughs> Thank you. But well, I think this, we are seeing a, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with real estate prices over the next six months, 12 months, 24 months, both on, on commercial property, office buildings, as well as residential, because where because people there's a, are starting to move. It's a reallocation of uh, resources from both a corporate and individual level. So I came across this interesting article, Stripe, which is based primarily in Seattle, but the they company. have offices. Uh, correct offices, not the beer. Uh, Seattle, New York, and the Bay Area, and they do payment processing. Twenty five hundred to three thousand employees. Not a huge company, but they're paying. Their employees, $20,000 if they move out of New York, Seattle, or the San Francisco Bay Area and take a 10% reduction in pay. You think, well, why would someone take a 10% reduction in pay? You know how expensive it is to live in those cities? That's right. And so you got to pay, pay to have your car parked somewhere, right? You, you, move, gotta pay. you move to Boise, Idaho. You're net ahead. Austin, Texas. There's a lot of... Yeah. As I mentioned last week, Winnemucca, Nevada. Uh, any of these places <laughs> where the cost of living is lower and it makes economic sense for the company to offer the $20,000 in the relocation fee. Um, but it will be interesting to see where this all ends. Um, and you see the resort towns, the real estate prices are going through the roof. 
across the U.S. Yeah. All right. Let's take some calls. 833-99-WORTH. We're Northern California with Dio. Dio, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Good evening, sir. Yeah, my name is Dio Sharma. Uh, I appreciate your show. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I am actually, I have a question about my retirement. I'm 54 years old, uh, looking forward to retiring in six years. I've got a 401k, 403b, uh, work for the medical center uh, in Sacramento. Um, my question was, uh, um, I got about 400000 saved up in my 401k and 403b combined with some rental properties, uh, 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 three of them. got the rental income coming up to about 3000 a month. My question was to see if there is any other annuity that I could buy to get extra income post 60, um, considering the current situation. Yeah, so I mean, if you if you wanted to exchange your some cash for a guaranteed interest, the challenge is in today's environment, the interest rates are so low. You are you are based you would basically saying. I'm comfortable with locking money in for the rest of my life at 2% interest. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what, I mean, that, 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 and, and, and quite frankly, you, you have quasi annuities with those rental incomes. So it's they, not, I would work on getting those paid off or at least paid way down before I would oh, buy okay. an annuity. Do, are, do, do you have any debt on the rentals? I actually yes I do. I have a mortgage of ninety thousand on one and about one hundred twenty five thousand on the other one. Okay, and, and do the you third have one is paid off? Do you have any? So you've got about two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Do you have any liquid cash right now, like money in the bank? Yes, or, I do. How much do you have? Yes, about a hundred thousand. Uh, so, uh, and do you have designs for that? Do you do you are they are you holding them for something? Well, that's like an emergency fund. Okay. For what months. do you What do you owe on the uh, What do you owe on your primary residence? About one hundred seventy grand. And what's the interest rate on that? Uh, it's at three point zero percent. Okay, so I would look at uh, taking at least part of that hundred thousand. Remember, you've got a four hundred three b, and you can borrow up to fifty thousand dollars out of that four hundred three b if worse comes to worse. Um, I I would redeploy some of the income uh, directly against that debt on the rental properties. And then I would reamortize that to see if I could pay those things off in the next six years prior to your retirement. I'd focus on getting everything, all the debts paid off. In terms of- Are you maximizing your 401k, 403b? No, I'm contributing 25%. Of your pay? Correct. You're doing pretty good there. Um, Right now- you may not have an annuity option in your 403B or 401K when you, but in by the time you retire, it will most likely to have an annuity option because of the change in the legislation. I, mean, I think you're doing a pretty took, good shape. I, I think you're doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, you could probably have a little more in your 401K, but you've got the rentals. So I think he's doing a great you've job. You saved there. Yeah, so I would I I would take seventy five thousand dollars, maybe fifty thousand dollars and put it against the debt on the rentals and then see if I could accelerate those rental payments so or the the debt on the rentals so it pays off in six years. Uh, but you're doing a great job. You should be proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sir. I don't know what so, else I would uh, recommend doing now. Okay. So as far as the owner of uh, my own home, I'd rather pay the rentals first than the uh, my own unoccupied home. Yes, yeah, so you're going to pay the highest cost of capital first. Well, except the the fact you get a deduction for your rental property. Are are you still itemizing your deduction? Your deductions or are you going to yes. standard? You still itemize. I'm itemizing, correct. Yeah, and okay. what's what, uh, um, Scott? I, I was going to ask, what's the cost of money on the rentals? Um, they are at pretty low. Uh, one of them, it's all below 4%. I got a 3.875 and 3.5. But your the, the cost of money on your home is three. Yeah. So you want to pay the I would look. I would look at how much, because are you single or married? I'm married. So you got about your uh, standard deduction is about $22,000. I would look to see how much your itemized deductions are. If they're close to that, then you're really not getting that tax deduction. And so maybe getting the primary residence paid off first would make more sense. Okay. Or right. refinancing okay. the primary residence to a larger loan and then paying off the rentals. Absolutely. All right. That Those are a couple of great ideas. Good ideas. Those are good ideas. Yep. They're, they're fine-tuning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just fine-tuning. Around, the, uh, around the edges, yeah. but it's not going <laughs> to yeah. make You're good, Dave. You're doing a great job. 
Keep it up. Great, great. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, really appreciate you. your help. Thanks so much. Yeah. Glad you called. Bye-bye. Good saver. Yep. And let's continue. Uh, why don't we talk with Raul? Raul, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Um, had a question regarding an old um, universal life policy that I took out in 1987, and uh, I almost forgot about it. But uh, I was wondering if there is any way that I can leverage that policy uh, as an investment. I uh, uh, came across a radio show where uh, the the speaker was leveraging. Uh, life insurance contracts and funding the life insurance contracts right now as a means of uh, putting together a nest egg for the future. So I wondered if there was if that made sense from uh, from your standpoint to do something like that. What? Well, so I, I I've heard there's lots of infomercials on radios these days talking about how to trade your money into wealth. Um, one guy was like, he was a, a, he's a pastor. So I guess God's going to teach you how to trade so you can, when you trade, you're, you're just taking zero sum games. You're taking money from somebody else, which is always an interesting concept. Why? <laughs> I don't know why that's somehow <laughs> biblical, but anyway, um, but, and then the, the, I know there's people out there that, that play kind of this life insurance game where, right. where they talk about how the fact that the taxation on the life insurance that grows tax deferred, and then you take your money yep. out tax free because tax law allows the dollars to come out uh, FIFO, which is first in, first out, which means you can pull your principal out and then you borrow against the rest of the contract. And then when There's you no die, tax consequences. you never pay taxes. And this is how the Rockefellers do it. Does this story sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. <laughs> All right. So let me back up a little further. Both Pat and myself started our careers for a couple of years with a firm that was owned by a life insurance company. So, and we would get, it's like most of the training, all it was, was whatever the financial problem was, retirement, college savings, whatever it was, life insurance was the solution. And they had all these complex ways of structuring things. And, there, and frankly, we both, we both have chartered financial consultant designations, which is financial planning designation that has a couple extra courses just on insurance contracts. So we understand this stuff so well that... The vast majority of the time, we think whole life insurance, universal life insurance is a waste. People are much better off with just term insurance and avoiding all those expensive, expensive contracts. Now, now, so there can be a place for uh, cash value life insurance policies, but it isn't uh, it, it, it isn't as common as it once was because of the changes in the tax law, significant changes right. in the tax law, and it's relatively expensive. So tell us what what do you have yeah. and what are you trying to do? So what's this policy worth? What's the face value on it? What's the um, cash value on it? It's worth fifty thousand. Uh, the annual premium is nineteen hundred, and um, there are a few years where I've skipped the uh, the premium, uh, and the policy, of course, was still in effect. And so, as I mentioned, I almost forgot about how much. It. How much is the cash value if you cashed it in today? Uh, let's see. It's not very much. I think it's only about twelve thousand. And you're paying nineteen hundred dollars a year in this? Well, I had been. I haven't. How, how old are you? In quite a while. Uh, I'm sixty nine. And and uh, are you retired? No, but uh, actually, that leads to another question. If if I can have two questions. Yeah, let's let, let me let me drill, drill a little further on this, then we'll move on. Sure. So here's what you actually you have a you have a policy that has a it'll pay you fifty thousand dollars at your death. And you have $12,000 cash in there. So essentially, you have $30,000 worth of life insurance that you are paying for every year. Whether or not you make your $1,900 year premium, they're taking it. If you look at your annual statement, you can see they're taking it out of your $12,000, paying for that $38,000 of life insurance. And they call this cost of insurance. Yeah. You surrender this thing if tomorrow. You, well, if you are in relatively good health, you'd be much better off going and buying a term policy for a period of time for $38,000. Uh, odds are it's going to be less expensive than the way this universal life policy is working. For right. one, yeah. you bought this in 87. Most right. of the people who bought the policy have, have uh, surrendered them by now or died. No. Right. What happens yeah. when people yeah. are healthy? Who keeps them? 
The sick people keep them. Sick people keep sure. them. So what ends yeah. up happening is these insurance companies build these things in blocks, and every year or whatever period of time, they'll issue a new contract. And so the people that are still having this, um, the ones that say, no way, I'm never spending this, as Pat said, they're probably the ones that aren't as healthy. So the insurance company knows that. So from a mortality table standpoint, the longer you have this, the more they're going to charge internally. So if you need life insurance and if you're in reasonably good health, this probably is not keeping this pro- policy is probably not the best thing going forward. But I don't want to tell you without knowing anything more about you just to cancel it. Cause, sure. You know, you've got yeah, some- well, I uh, and I, you know, my health picture isn't uh, that great uh, at this time. I uh, uh, had major surgery and to make a long story short, it's, it was a cancer diagnosis. So, um it, it may make sense to hang on. Well, to then it. keep it. Then keep it. But you might not want to pay the pay- premium either. Yeah. Right. Just yeah, watch I mean, that I, cash you know, value just, and down the road. see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Cash value will drop if I don't make the payment. That's correct. That's fine. Yeah. Correct. Correct. In okay. an ideal situation, the cash value will be $1 the day you die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense then and, uh, from that perspective. Right. To hang on to it. Okay. Yes. So you had another question for us. Yes, um, it's actually more of a personal question, but uh, as I mentioned, I'm 69. I'm uh, on a leave of absence from work right now. I have a projected um, Social Security amount that will uh, be effective when I hit 70 in October. So my question was, if I continue working, will that number continue to go up, or is that Yes, no, it keeps going up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the longer to keep working. Yeah. It is, yeah. If you're 70 years old, you're 75, you continue to work, you're putting into the, assuming you haven't hit the maximum benefit, which you probably have not, um, it'll, it'll keep adding to it. Excuse me. And the maximum is what? 20. Well, for a 60, for someone at full retirement, it's, it's, um, 20, 2,800 bucks a month. Yeah. But that, but if you wait till age 70, that's got an increase on it yeah, from there. So 30, like, I think it's like 32 or 30. Higher than that. Three. I think. So it goes so up. The estimate. The estimate was 36 right now. Okay. Well, then you're probably close to the max. You might be at the max. Uh-huh. So then the only increase you'd have was cost of living. Got it. Okay. That's right. kind of what I thought, but I, I wanted to uh, get that validated with someone. Yep. Yeah. 30. And we were as close as you could get. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. I appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you All very right. much. Have a good, it was very helpful. Good. Great. Have, enjoy you. the rest of your weekend. And let's now talk with Steve. Steve, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. My question is uh, related to the uh, the advised three-legged stool for retirement. Uh, in my case, I uh, work for the government, so I've got a government pension and then Social Security. And naturally, I'm going to have Social Security reduced from that uh, WEP program. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, would it make sense to use a portion of uh, my IRA funds to, to, to fill the balance between what uh, I would normally get from Social Security and what I will probably get uh, from Social Security. Oh, this is interesting. Um, well, I mean, the, the, I think the concept behind saving f- for retirement, your 401k or an IRA, is to supplement retirement income. So, which is to turn it into a stream of yeah. income. So exactly. are you asking us, how do you turn it into a stream of income? Not really how. It's just I, I know you tend not to favor the annuities, and pension basically is an annuity. That's so correct. Wondering, should I take uh, a portion? We're not, we're, not a, we're not opposed to, to single-life annuities or annuities for guaranteed monthly income. We are opposed to these 15-year-long um, uh, equity index annuities that are sold oh. for one th- that that have tremendous commissions. So we think the world would be better off if they were never created because they were so misused. Having said that, there are clearly some times when they make sense. Uh huh. Okay. So um, if your question is, does it make sense to purchase a single life annuity or a joint and survivor life for you and your spouse? Is that the question? Yes. Okay. So let's 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 look at this. What is and and in saying all this, I want you to go to our website allworthfinancial.com and anything that says seven personal decision points, download it, read it, watch it, listen to it. Um, because it is the retirement planning process that you're going through. 
but you went to solution before we went to actually determining need. So do you know how much money you're going to need to live on on a monthly basis in retirement? Yeah, we're, we're going to need about uh, 6500 to 7000 Okay. And how much money will your government pension be? Well, it's defined contribution. So ah. it's sitting, you know, I've got, you know, uh, what is that, about uh, 700000 in two IRAs okay. know, that I've, I've rolled. Um, so that's the two components. Uh, my wife also has an IRA, about 300000 Okay. And then we have a joint fund of about a half a million. Okay, so we've got total assets. Uh, we've got a million dollars in IRA. How old are you, Steve? Uh, I'm 67, 68 in the fall. And are you retired now? Yes. Okay. And how much will your Social Security be? Uh, mine would is scheduled at about uh, 1500 and I think with the WEP, they're going to knock it down to about 900 Okay. And your spouse's? My spouse at uh, age 70 will be 2500 And how much? how old is she now? She's my age. Yes, 67. And where are you receiving? You're both retired. Where's the income coming from now? Uh, we've we just had some cash set aside to uh, carry us through until age seventy. And when did you retire? Uh, two years ago. And that cash you have set aside is that the same cash that you talked about with that five hundred thousand dollars earlier? No, that was set aside. The the five hundred thousand is invested in in our joint account. Uh, this was just in. A so are you taking any money out of your IRAs today? Not yet. So what's your what's your tax what was your tax taxable income last year? Oh, last year we were sixty thousand combined, just with part times and. Um, Why aren't you converting some to a Roth? I I'm I'm not real familiar okay. with that on the. What, I'm just looking so, at okay. So but so so uh, so Scott. So uh, do you pl- what will your income be this year for two thousand nineteen? This year it will be. Um, well, we might be through small contracts and things, maybe forty-five or fifty thousand. Okay, so the answer to your question is this: uh, So, if you need sixty-five to seven thousand dollars a month to live at age seventy, and you have enough money to live until that point in time, you're and, fine. And you have one point five million dollars in IRAs and non-qualified. In order to get there, you're going to have to take a distribution of about two and a half percent on that one point five million dollars in order to get your income to sixty nine hundred dollars a month. Let's call it seven up. So you're going to take a two point five percent distribution on the one point five million dollars that in and of itself tells us that you don't need uh, an annuity in any way, shape or form. Right. So I took that one point five million. I took your income from both you and your spouse's Social Security. I looked at seven thousand. I took the difference, and that's where I came up with this two point five percent. So the answer is, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. You have more than enough assets. You've been invested for a long time. You've gone through a number of market cycles, so you're you're fine. You can in fact increase that distribution to three and a half percent, four percent with relative ease at the age of seventy and have monthly income of approaching $9,000 a month. So that's the answer to that question. Um, And look at that as part of the three-legged stool that you talked about. In saying all this, you need to actually, you've got some great planning opportunities between now and then, age 70, that won't exist after age 70. And the first one is that you have the ability to convert some of this IRA to a Roth IRA, or you have the ability to actually just take some of this income out of the IRA and spend it um, as ordinary income. But what you're doing is your, your required minimum distribution is going to get to such at age 70, probably for you about age 74, 75, so that you're going to be pushing yourself up and possibly into a higher marginal tax rate. So what we're trying to do is convert the money out of an IRA into a Roth IRA when you're in a low marginal tax rate, and you will lose that opportunity after required minimum distributions are required, obviously. Does that make sense? Yes. I And, and I've read about the Roths. It seems to make sense. I was just concerned about, uh, you know, what will the taxes be, obviously, depending how much, you know, the tax rate will go up. And then how does that affect Medicare? Because I know there's a penalty 
based on yeah, the medic, joint income. The, medic, it, the joint income is about $180,000 before it kicks in. So, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing you, you typically would plan, the lat- particularly if you're doing some contract work, part-time work, you plan the latter part of the year. November, December, you kind of decide how much should you convert to a Roth. And, and you work with a, a qualified financial advisor or you're an accountant with, should be giving you guidance on, uh, has the accountant brought this up? No, we haven't talked about that. Well, but you didn't even know about it. The accountant should have brought it up. The accountant might not even know what he's got in his retirement plans. That's a good point, Scott. Okay. Yeah, that's a no. Good... I'll bring that up to him. Yeah, I've wondered about a, a that, good financial I'm a, a, about the tax rates. And, and I, I mean, I I think you'd I think you'd you'd, you'd clearly benefit working with a good certified financial planner. No, at a minimum, helping you kind of plan through this stuff right now. Okay. My opinion. Did, uh, I, quick question before we go. Did someone recommend an annuity to you, or was that of your own? Um... Oh, no. It was, I was just doing reading, and, uh, you know, and I kind of figured, well, you know, between Social Security and we'll make up the difference between, you know, just withdrawals from our IRAs and, and savings. But then I said, well, you know, you'd like to guarantee uh, that income up to a certain level. Say you wanted to reach out of uh, 7,000 a month, you wanted to make sure you had 5,000 a month of that guaranteed yeah. or something like that. So The challenge is interest rates are, are low right now, correct? Right. So it's a great time to get a long-term mortgage for a house. Yes. Would, would you want to be the person loaning the money for the next 30 years? or At these rates? Years? No. That's no. what you're doing. By and when you buy it, that's exactly what's happening today. So if you buy a long-term immediate annuity like that, it, you're, you're buying at super low interest rates for the rest of your life. And, and all the insurance company is doing is actually going into the secondary market and purchasing bonds and playing a mortality risk game with your investment dollars and taking a spread or a premium on those because they have same access to the investments yeah, that no you different. have. No different. So- you're, yeah. But you, but you're. But by the way, you're. You are good shape. financially. You are in great, great shape. shape. You're able to retire comfortably yeah. at age seventy. But you would. Uh, you would benefit from cleaning up around the edges. Yeah. Uh, some tax benefits that you could be taking care of, and just and, and a, some uh, some planning. To, some I think planning. you'd probably have. You'd probably have more confidence after you've gone through this. But so, appreciate, appreciate the call very much, Steve. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. It's been great being here with you. If you uh, listen to us on a radio program, that's great. If it's a podcast, that's great. If you're thinking about uh, listening to us podcast, go and subscribe to it. We think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's been fantastic being with you. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.